Welcome to the Solistic Vibes Podcast, where we come together to have conscious conversations about life, growth, and expansion. Your host, Jen Gagnon, is a wellness mentor and loves having deep, meaningful conversations with like-minded souls. Welcome to the podcast. Okay, so hi, Robin. Thank you for joining us today and sharing a little bit of yourself with us and the audience. Um, We appreciate you taking the time to kind of stop in and have this conscious conversation. And so, yeah, so I will give you the floor to introduce yourself and then we can start chatting. Great. So I'm Robin. Thank you for having me here. I love having conversations like this. Um, I have many hats. I am a transpersonal life coach. I am a registered nurse and I'm a yoga instructor and a little bit of everything in between. I'm a mom too. So everything that I do and I practice, I bring into my own life and how I it's a way of being. Um, it takes practice to be that way, but when you can achieve it, it's the most awesome thing in the world. And so I'm happy to be here to talk about it with you. Awesome. Yes. Um, it's definitely work every day doing, doing and and walking the talk. Uh, it's easy to kind of spew out the things that we learn, but actually putting them into practice is quite a different story. Um, I'd love to hear how you embarked on your own, um, awakening journey, if you want to call it uh, that way, and, and kind of where you were and where you are now and kind of what happened in between. Yeah. Um, God, it's a long story. I think it's a long story for everybody, honestly. Um, mine started a long time ago. I had had gifts growing up, all, um, you know, the whole I see dead people thing, all those things happened to me. And I had been told most of my life that it was my imagination. And so I forgot about it all. And then when I started coming into my own as an adult, these things were happening. And when I started tapping into myself, I realized it was not. Um, And I've done a lot of being in roles, right? So being in the role of a nurse, being in the role of the mom, being in the role of the wife. And at one point, these things didn't really fulfill me, though they made me happy. I didn't feel fulfilled, and I think it's because the piece that I was missing um, and playing was me, Robin, as a person. Um, So I started to do a lot of personal work, a lot of self-growth work, a lot of, um, and I think that personal work and growth work are two completely different things, at least in my experience, because I think the, the growth is the actual putting into practice. And the personal is the education that you put around yourself to start implementing those things into your life. Um, And I just got to a point where I just wanted to be me. I wanted to stop saying yes when I really wanted to say no. I wanted to just be me, like unapologetically. And if being me means that people are not willing to be around me or have changed their perspective on me then I came to a point where I was willing to accept that yeah and And I think that's a tough one for a lot of us (laughs) oh my god yeah I mean I think that a lot of people don't even realize codependent is like such a buzzword but I don't think people realize um how codependent we are unless you start to really look at those pieces and one of those big pieces is if I change that person isn't going to like me. If I change, this relationship might change. 
And it takes a lot of courage to step out of that scope of, I want to be what other people want me to be because I want to be loved and liked and learn how to truly love yourself and be okay with having your peace come from it inside and not from everything that's around you. Yeah. I think making ourselves a priority, which I think most of us moms kind of, we forget about that. And it's about how can we make everybody around us happy? And in the meantime, we kind of forget about ourselves and, and, doing this work is kind of walking ourselves back and, and knowing, you know, that you're going to lose people along the way and being okay with that. Um, because if nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's like one of my favorite quotes. If nothing changes, if nothing changes. And it always has to have a starting point and that starting point gets delayed because we put, especially as moms, we put everything in front. I think society as a whole has taught us as women in general but as mothers we come last everybody else's needs need to be fulfilled and I see a lot of women in there you know somewhere between like the angels are getting younger because people started having children a little bit earlier somewhere in the decades but somewhere between like 38 and 48 uh, women are coming to me and saying like I don't even know if I've been a good mom why don't I feel happy? I have everything I need. Like what is going on? And what is going on is they've forgotten the role of playing them. And I work with a lot of, a lot of people, uh, a lot of women that that's happening to more and more and more. And so I feel like the conversation needs to be had because if you take a look at that age range, that is midlife. And there's tons of talk about men and midlife and their midlife crisis. And what I started noticing is that all these women, I started saying to myself as I was finiting my practice as a coach, what is it that all these people have in common? And what it is, is they're all women that are in a midlife crisis. All the symptoms, all the things they're describing are midlife. And we don't talk about that enough. And I think it needs to be talked about. I think it needs to be talked about a lot. Yes. I think that that feeling of waking up one morning and being like, who am I? You know, like you said, you wear yeah. all the hats, the mom, the entrepreneur, the the nurse, the whatever those hats are. And we kind of forget who we are. And it's, you know, you look in the mirror one day and you're like, you know, what am I doing? And why am I doing it? And, and like you said, you know, you feel unfulfilled and you feel unhappy when apparently, you know, you should be according to society, right? And so being able to take that look and go deeper. And I think I feel anyways, that a lot more people are opening up their eyes, like really, truly opening up and and recognizing the powers they have within them. And I think that's, that's key um, in, in any journey, which is like you said, it's important to have these conversations because it's like giving, when we give ourselves permission to show up and shine, it kind of gives the others the same permission slip. Um, yeah, which is, which is, I think it's about bringing, yeah, I think it's about bringing yourself, the role of you, the role of Jen, the role of Robin into the other roles. Who am I? Who is Robin as a nurse? Who is Robin as a coach? Not nurse Robin. And you know what I'm saying? And then, and play the role of nurse. It is Robin. Who is Robin as? functioning 
how does Robin function when she's in her role of the nurse? Not, right. okay, I'm in the role of the nurse. I'm in the role of the mother. So I think we forget a lot to bring ourselves into us, yes. into every role that we are. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and so especially this year has been huge because as I was telling you, I had the head injury and um, everything literally was taking, taken away. Like I couldn't fulfill a role as a nurse couldn't fill a role really the mom because they couldn't remember things. They couldn't be trusted to make good decisions for a few months. It was kind of scary. Um, And it was just me. It was me not being able to do anything. And that was probably the most scariest place I think I've ever been because it was that, you know, that whole huge question, like, who are you really? Nothing gives you time to contemplate that, like sit in a room, don't watch TV, don't read, just sit and be awake and just be like, that is, I think the epitome of who, who was I really? <laughs> yes. um, and that's, and so, some, that's a challenge, you know, most people can't do that. I mean, they can no. do it for maybe five minutes, you know, and that's, that's if it's a really good day, you know, most people, we feel like we need to be doing versus the being and then mm-hmm. the being gets uncomfortable because then you're left with just you, like you said, right? There's no TV, there's no books, there's no nothing to distract us but ourselves. Right. And I had to, in that, I, I, that's where I've done my deepest work over this year. I can honestly say I'm a different person now than I was at the beginning of the year. Um, and it was because of that. And I'm big into that life happens for you not to you. So it, but that also doesn't mean that I didn't sit around and say, this really sucks. I hate this. I hate that this is happening, but I also have the wherewithal to say it's happening for a reason. It's happening for me. So I better start looking. So start digging through all of my spiritual and proverbial shit, right? I'm just looking through things and in working with some of my, shadow pieces, one of the big things that nobody, I don't think anybody would be like, hi, I'm codependent. But one of those things was like, oh shit, I think I might be codependent. Um, and then I get to this point where I was okay with being not liked. And once I got to that point and started walking around in those shoes, it started making a difference for me. You know, if you, if you can't like me with me just being me and not being able to do anything, not being able to contribute, then why would I want you in my life when I am able to contribute, when I am able to do things? And so, I mean, now, like I was telling you, I just do things like I, I went out naked in the rain. I was in, I was in a shower one day and I was saying to myself, God, it's raining outside and why am I in the shower? Thoughts I would have never had before. Um, and so I literally just kind of like put on, um, my robe to pat dry and I walked from my bathroom out to my backyard, buck naked, just dancing and laughing and stretching in the rain. And it was the most freeing feeling ever. I went and I woke up my partner. I was like, come on, come on, come with me, come with me, take your clothes off. And he's probably thinking like, he's gonna, you know, this is going to be a thing. And it was like purely not sexual for me at all. I was like, come on, come on, come on. And he's running and he's looking. He's like, why are we getting naked? Because I, most of my entryway is just all windows and there was road construction on the way right in front of my house. They were like putting a new road. And there I am not even thinking like, oh, well, they see me naked. They see me naked. They like it. They don't. I don't really care. 
So my partner comes out in the backyard and it's a little chilly and he's like, it's cold out here. I'm like, no, it's great. And he goes, it's raining. I said, yes. He's like, people are watching those. And I started laughing hysterically because we do have a fence. So people are going to have to be looking over the fence to see anything. And he ran inside like this little hermit. And it was, I think, that point when I knew, like, I'm free. I'm out here naked in the rain in my backyard in the middle of suburbia near an airport with construction going on outside my house. And I don't give a shit. I want to be in the rain. And that is what I am doing in this moment. And um, since then, I have found myself frequently naked in nature um, because it feels good to me. I, and I'm not going to question that. Right? right? It just feels right. good. I feel aligned when I am sitting bare bum on a rock. And that's just how I'm feeling in the moment. And that's my truth now. That might not be my truth five years from now or two years from now, but it's my truth right now. And I'm willing to claim that truth for myself. Okay. And, um, okay. you know, again, it, my partner was there and he was saying, you're just going to take your shoes off to put your feet in the, in the water? I was like, yeah, we're up in Vermont. And uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, okay. So as he's taking his shoes and socks off, I whip out all my clothes and I jump in the water cold. And he's like, what are you doing? People I'm like we are in the middle of the woods. There's literally nobody around. And I don't care. He goes, well, what would you do if people came? I said, well, out of respect, I might put my clothes on. But why am I going to be afraid that they're going to still see me naked and they'll see me putting clothes on? Like, you know. And then I'm splashed around the water and the next thing I know I look and he's got his clothes off and he's like splashing like a little kid in the water and he's giggling and I thought to myself see when you are yourself you can become contagious your energy can become contagious so when you fully bring you into the world and you can shine in that way you do start it's a ripple effect it's like the butterfly effect and you do start to um impress upon other people now is this something that he'll probably do in a daily no but in the moment he felt free he felt whatever he was feeling you know i'm not gonna put labels on what he was feeling but clearly he had a smile on his face and he was giggling and it brought levity to the day and in those moments that's when i say that's what i want to bring to every day now am i going to join a nudist colony am i going to start going to work naked no (laughs) i mean you know there's there's boundaries there's guidelines general rules you have to follow in life but those are the types of things that and behaviors that i do now that i did not do before because i was that person that says oh my god what if somebody in the middle of the woods happens to walk nobody's coming i'm not that i'm not that important there's nobody and and if it happens it happens but deal with it at that point and I think that takes a lot of anxiety and stress away because you're living very much in the moment. And the yes. hardest thing to do is to continue that in your everyday life because you meet with judgment. You meet with interact with other people whose either energy isn't aligned or resonate with yours or it's more, they carry more heavy energy than light energy. And so there's that challenge of still being who you are and owning it and walking about in the world and not letting it dull. I think that is the biggest challenge. It is. It is. And for yeah. you to follow those nudges 
is amazing. Like you said, it's freedom, right? To do what you're feeling you need to do or desire to do in a moment and not have those 20,000 thoughts of what are they going to think? And then just kind of going the other way, because that's not the norm, you know, and so many of us do follow the norm. I mean, I remember years ago where it was the same thing. What are people going to think? You know, what, what should I look like? What should I behave like? What should I say? And it's kind of like, nothing was really me. It was me with all of the filters of what the specific people I was around were needing in that moment, never really giving myself what I needed, um, which I think is, is amazing to, you know, this is what I feel like doing and this is what I'm going to do. And if, you know, it doesn't align with somebody else, that's great, but that's not on me, you know, that's on them. Right. And, like and said, I think when we, on the daily, yeah, the challenge. For sure. And when we are at that level of self-growth, um, people start to perceive that as either being cold or harsh or uncaring. And that's not true. It's just that we have risen out of the programming that says we need to be a certain way and put ourselves last. That's not, that's not true. You don't have to put, and, and in that you're not putting other people last. You're just putting yourself in the mix. Right. You know, and it's, and there are people that do have issues with that. Especially we'll the ones who are that, used like, to having you put them and their needs above yours. You know, it's kind of like, well, what happened? You know, why am I not the center of attention anymore all of a sudden? Why are you doing things for you before you do them for me? And, and it does get challenging because for those who aren't doing the work and there are still, you know, quite a few out there like they can't understand that it's not selfish to take care of ourselves. It's not selfish to do things that make us feel good. Like you said, you know, saying no, when that's really when you want to say, instead of saying yes to please somebody else, because in the interim, you're, you, you know, you're diminishing yourself and your needs and your desires. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing I think that's super important to talk about too is a lot of people take the personal growth and the spiritual work as light and love and happiness. <laughs> and, and I would say mostly that's not true at all. <laughs> Almost at all, because you have to really work through like that's the benefit. Right. But to do the work is super hard. It's super challenging because you're holding yourself accountable first and foremost for being you and committing yourself to the growth. And then on top of it, it's painful. You know, when you lose friends, I like, so when COVID happened, I lost a lot of friends and it wasn't because they died. And it wasn't because, um, of any kind of fight. It was just things didn't, things weren't resonating and we weren't able to get together because of my personal situation and I started to, to see friendships that started to break away. And then when the pandemic stopped, what I noticed was I was putting so much more into those relationships than what I was receiving. And that is a balance that I've come to be very uncomfortable with now. There need, you know, in some relationships, there's always a little bit right. more, a little bit less, you know, but the balance and the flow happens and there was no even flow there. And that's when I started to say, oh, my gosh. And it was painful. It was painful to lose those friends because those friends were friends for years and years and years. And it was left with the original, oh, my God, I don't have friends. 
I don't have anybody. How do you make friends when you're 40 something years old? Like, it's not like you're on the playground and you'd be like, Hey, you want to play tag? Cool. Let's go. It's, you know, it's completely different and your life is more, are more complicated. So that was even a blessing though, to learn how to recommunicate with people and how to form relationships as an adult that were friendship relationships. Right. And that are based you know, on so the truth in too. this moment, right? Because those old yeah. friendships weren't based on truth because we were hiding who we were to kind of fit into the the, the clan, so to speak, you know? And it's kind of like when you yeah. start, it, as hard it is, as it is to kind of see relationships of years fall apart, it's when you when you can take that step back, like you said, and you hold yourself accountable and you can see that it's it's happening for you, creating this brand new space for brand new people who will actually yeah. see you for who you are and align with your beliefs and your truths. And, and maybe they align for a month or a year or 10 years, who knows? But just allowing that to happen in the moment, it's like, it's a beautiful thing because you're not hiding who you are anymore when you're going to those gatherings. You know, you don't have to watch what you're saying or what you're sharing or having those, you know, to me, having um, conversations just to have conversations isn't my thing anymore, you know, to chit chat, to chit chat. I really don't have much enjoyment in that. You know, I'd rather have conscious conversations with people who have some, some potency in what they're saying. And, and, you know, that resonates yeah. with, with what I'm feeling or where I'm at. And, and granted, we're not all on the same page we're, you know, we're all at different places in our journey, but when we're on the journey to me, it, it, there's nothing more beautiful than having a, a deep conversation about something meaningful. You know, just talking about the weather yeah. doesn't have any, any, um, doesn't entice right. me much. So, <laughs> no, no, but it's important to know that it's okay to grieve those relationships, yes. to grieve those losses. It's okay to be sad about those because I think if we say, well, I'm not sad about it because I'm rising to this new level or lateral to this new level for just further away that's not really bringing what you're learning into 3d either when you're doing the spiritual work and the spiritual work is about feel sad yes. for God's sake, feel what you're feeling. Don't fluff it off. Don't, you know, because that's spiritual bypassing. Yes. When you can yes. be like all this crappy stuff happened and, and it's okay because now I'm such a, I'm a much better person up over here. You just spiritually bypass the whole yes. process. You I think it's not a balance. do work. You know, allowing yeah. yourself to feel it all, but not just sitting there and allowing it to yeah, just Yeah, don't like, languish in it. You, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't languish in it, but feel the feeling. Yes. Feel yes. it till it's complete. And that's, I think, the difference, too, between pain and suffering. The pain is, I'm, oh, I'm crying, and feeling the loss, and then letting it be done. The suffering is, I'm crying every day over it. I'm right. languishing in it. I'm not doing anything to move forward. I'm like swimming in the grief. Right. And, and I think loss. that takes us that out of the moment, difference. right? It's like yeah. being in the moment right now, this just happened and I'm hurt and I, I allow myself to feel whatever's coming up. Right. But at the same time, I'm not going to replay that scenario in my mind for the next six months to feel those feelings yeah. over and over and over again. And I think there's, there's that fine line that we need to, to see like, okay, this is what happened. But right now, like, is this really, mm -hmm what I want to sulk in for the next six months or do I want to kind of take right. this work through it and create something beautiful because we can create something beautiful out of anything once we've allowed ourselves to kind of like you said grieve feel the feelings but then now what you know right yeah transmuting that is super important 
Yeah. You know, whether you're doing journaling to get those feelings out and get your thoughts out so that you can start to work with what's in front of you. Because I think a lot, when you keep it trapped in here, in your head or just emo- your emotional body, that's when you tend to languish. But when you can get it out in front of you, so you can see it and feel it from out here and see it from out here, then you can begin to work with it and do it. And I think that's probably the difference between people who are committed to personal growth and the, um, their spiritual growth and people who want to and don't know how to get there. And so I'm always happy to help be that connection because you have to anchor things in after you're done working so they stay with you. Yes. Because otherwise, again, you're spiritual bypassing. And then two years from now, you're like, wasn't I just here? Didn't I already do this? Yeah. And it's because there's that piece missing. You didn't walk in those shadows for a while without fear and just felt and was were angry and had all those what people will say are negative emotions and just feel them and let them out. So the energy is not within you anymore the um, emotions are not within you anymore and the fears are not within you anymore. And now you're looking at it and saying, ah, you know, so things I tell people, things like putting on, uh, did you ever watch that (laughs) that show dead to me? I watched it on a recommendation of a friend. And the one takeaway from that show was this woman who's always looked put together when she's angry, she puts on this heavy metal music that's like talks about all this, like, angry stuff and she just blares it in her car and that's literally like her therapy and I thought that's so great because I tell people find a song sing it sing something that's going to trigger that emotion sing it let that energy out and then you're clear to move in any direction you want from that point and I do I tell people a lot about journaling same thing it helps with that so I think it's important to feel and then do the work through it because then you're going to be on that spiritual path, that personal growth, and then you're going to be able to bring it into your 3D life because you're going to be able to anchor it. Yeah. It's not going I think to be the other thing, thing too anymore. is that connotation of positive or negative energy. And I think a lot of people still get caught up with that because like you said, I think to a lot of people, the spiritual journey and the personal growth is all about rainbows and unicorns, which is so far from the truth. And I feel like exactly. there's shame and guilt about okay, I've been doing this work for five years and I'm still dealing with all this crap. Like what's wrong with me? And there's the shame and the guilt and the blame of I should already be past this. And it's like, well, if you see emotions as just neutral that are coming up for you, how do you work through them, right? And then also the other side of that is, okay, is this an emotion that I want to keep perpetuating? And if the answer is yes, great, right? You're happy, you're joyful, then keep perpetuating that. But if it's something that doesn't feel aligned or or that doesn't make you feel good in your body, then, okay, how do I work through it? Like you said, to not bypass it. How do I feel the feeling fully? How do I release it? Right. And how do I become the objective observer to see, okay, what was the the grander lesson here in all of this? And it's, it's challenging even when we've done the work. And that's why, like I tell people all the time, there's no shame, there's no guilt, there's no blame. Whether you visit this now and you're done or you revisit it again in five years or five months, there may be a deeper layer, you know, there's something more for you to learn from this. So it's not about, oh, well, I shouldn't be here or I should be over there. It's like, no, where are you right now? That's exactly where you need to be. And how do we work through this in this moment? Because I feel like for myself anyways, it was like at the, when I had been on my journey for a year, it was like, oh my gosh, like I should be so much further along. I shouldn't be feeling these feelings. This shouldn't be coming up. And it's like, 
No, every there's no shoulds. Everything's just happening exactly as it needs to be. And just trusting that. And that's, I think that's another hard part is, is really trusting that because it's easy to say, I trust. And like you said, oh, it's happening for me. This is great. I'm growing. And, but the, the truth of the matter is it feels sucky when you're in it. You know, when you're dredging through the muck, you don't have all those rainbows and unicorns and thinking, oh my gosh, like I can't wait to be at, you know, at the other end because there's going to be something beautiful because you can't always see it in the moment. Because if you don't right. allow yourself to feel and do the work, it's like you just stay, you stay there. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, I feel like you're you're spot on. And the spiritual bypassing part of it is not doing the work, avoiding the hard stuff and just doing the fluff. Yes. And those are the people that I think the difference is, I think if anybody were like, well, how do you know if you're spiritual bypassing or it's just a deeper layer? I think what I would say in my personal experience is that it's, it's spiritual bypassing if you can't see past the situation. It's a deeper layer if you can say, I was here before and I did these things. What else is there that I need to know or learn or how much do I need to grow? And I think that's how you could tell the difference between whether you spiritually bypassed the first time around and just were like, this is great. Look at me. I'm a brand new person and didn't go through the literally go through the spiritual shit to get there. Like lotuses don't grow without mud, right? Things don't grow without fertilizer. So it's really important to make that part of the journey. And I, and that's another thing I don't think that's talked about enough in the spiritual journeys is you do have to go through shit. It is not easy. Sometimes it is hard, you know, and everything we talk about on the other side is because you and I have been through, we've been in that garden been hoeing that garden and fertilizing and wading through all those things and that's why our garden looks the way it does yes and it's it's a beautiful thing to be in this state of of being i always say but it's like it doesn't mean that there's still no there's no more muck to go through and i feel like every day there's something new to learn and something new to work through and for me at at first like i said there was guilt and shame about oh my gosh i should be so much further along my journey and now it's more about okay in this moment, what do I need to work through, right? Maybe it's something beautiful. Maybe it's something challenging, whatever it is, just being open and willing to do the work, regardless of what that looks like. And I, the one thing that I love is there's, there's so many tools out there available to us and I'm, I love learning. So give, give me all, give me all the things, you know, and, and I love to be able right, to yeah. see what works for me. And sometimes some things work with one situation, but then in the next, it's like I have to go through and, and pull out a new tool. But it's it's amazing to me the amount of work we can do and the things that we can work through when we have those tools. You know, it's like sometimes it's a five-minute meditation that I need, and sometimes it's just 30 minutes of breath work, and sometimes I just need to go out and get some sunshine. You know, it's like there's all these yeah. things. You know, there's the journaling, like you said. There's, you know ear seating. There's just so many things out there. And I just love to be able to go in and kind of play with it, you know, make it, it's not always fun, but you know, make the challenge less challenging. I think when we have those tools to work through, you know, or yeah, and I don't think the, the tools have to be anything huge either. I they think don't. like you said, just simple things, you're still going to have bills. You're still going to have kids that have emotions that are going to make you be like, I can't take one more person. Mm-hmm. I can't hold a container for one more person's emotions today. And the difference is, ah, oh, yes. All right, let me, let me take a breath. Let me ground myself. Let me think of my feet. Let me take that breath. 
And that's when you know you're bringing all of that hard work you've done into the present because you're allowing, let's say, your kid to be your kid and explode and do whatever they need so that they can learn how to regulate. And you can just hold in your container that you're allowing that. You don't have to hold all of what's going on for them in your container. And you take that breath and you ground. So the simplest techniques are sometimes the best. I mean, we don't always have, especially as moms and business owners, and we don't have the opportunity all the time to go and sit on a mountain and Om Navashya and, you know, become a yogi uh, on a high mountain for weeks or months at a time. We have to bring all of that knowledge into our every single day. Because if you don't, then what are you doing it for? It's almost, it's almost like put your energy somewhere else then. You know, yes. you need to be able yeah. to bring that with you every single day. And, it, and it I makes think a our capacity, a capacity to be aware of it, you know, because yeah. it, some days I'm like hyper aware of things. And then other days it's like, oh, wait a minute. In hindsight, like I could have handled that in a different way or I could have held my energy in a different way. But the awareness in the moment when it happens, it's like, this is why I'm doing this. You know, to have yeah. that awareness about, okay, these are the thoughts that are coming through right now. This is how I desire to react, right? This is how, like, I'm used to reacting, but what if I did it differently? And in those moments, it's like, wow, like that, you know, to, to be able to recognize that I need to do something different, to be able to recognize that in this moment, what I'm thinking I'm going to do probably isn't the best option, you know, and to be able to, <laughs> right. to recognize that. And I think with having kids, it's like, they don't do as we say, they do as we do. And then being able to do that, it's like you said, that ripple effect, it's like what they see is what they, you know, they replicate. And so when I take a moment and I say, okay, I need a break and I'm just going to go breathe for a minute. Like my kids have done that, you know? And it's like, it's not always because we don't always do what, you know, we know we, we could do. Yeah, we're human. But it's, it's beautiful to be able to, to do the work, but we're not doing it only for us because it's rippling to those around us, which to me is always, you know, it's always beautiful to me to be able to recognize that, you know, to see the growth in somebody else and to kind of, you know, that entrainment, you know, it's real. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I, yes, a hundred percent. Yes. I see that in my son every day, not just in the home and how he acts and reacts or responds to me, but also in how he acts and reacts and responds when I'm not around and with other people and I hear about those things. And it makes me feel good because I know that I've modeled it and that he has chosen to to behave and act and respond in those ways because he could very well be like mom's some kind of hippie spiritual lady i I don't get it i'm just going to be my own person but when you have the real practices that run deep enough it does ripple into your family and your friends and the people you meet it changes who you allow in your life yes and who you let into your life and who you then say i've kind of had enough of that in in life you know, well, it's and like it's you were saying earlier, it's those boundaries. Yes. Well, and you know what the best part is, is those boundaries happen naturally because they're not coming from a place of wounded, uh, a place of anger. They're coming from a place of self, self-reclamation of this is what I am in the moment. This is who I am in the moment. And there's no emotion attached to it. 
And those are the best kinds of boundaries. The ones yeah. that happen naturally just based on what do I like? What do I not like? Um, and those are the boundaries that are going to stay around the longest. And those are the boundaries that don't feel so hard to keep. You know, people be like, well, I tried to put up a boundary, but it just gets so tiring because they wear on me. If that is the natural boundary, you don't, there's not a whole lot of energy there. It's like, plunk, and there it is. And it's just that people are going to bounce off of it if they're not, if they're going to cross it, they're not going to because they're just going to bounce off of it and you have no emotion attached to that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the best places to make boundaries from is an, a non-emotional place, a non-wounded place. Yes, because it's easy to do it the other way. <laughs> you know, it's easy oh, to it's so easy to do it that way. <laughs> yeah. 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 More challenging, especially with kids. Especially with kids. Oh yeah. Well, if you're going to talk to me that way, then this gets taken away, and you can't do this, and you need to make sure this. None of that are true boundaries. None right. of those are true rules. That right. mom got triggered by something that happened, and like you said, when you in the moment can be like, whoop, rewind, time out. Okay. Yes, I'm upset about what you did, and and we'll talk about this later because I need to cool down. And then you can say, then you can make an appropriate, um, uh, I forget the word that I'm looking for, um, an appropriate boundary, appropriate consequence for, and you're working with that person. That makes a big difference. Instead of being the Monday night quarterback where you're, oh, I should have said this. No, I should have handled that differently. Oh, now do I go to apologize? Because now you've got no boundaries. Right. You made a boundary, you shrunk back, you moved it sideways. Like you can't have boundaries in that. And um, so being in the moment, yeah, super, it's key. Yes, yes, it definitely is. And I think the other thing too, when we're creating boundaries is, I think we've been, and even sometimes I'll still catch myself with clients or whatever, like talking about, okay, what am I unavailable for? And I found that it's what am I available for? Like, what is it that I desire? And what do I want to call in versus focusing and hyper-focusing at certain at, at a certain point on what we are unavailable for because we start making these lists of what we don't desire. Meanwhile, we're, we're calling all of that in because we're so focused on that. So switching to, okay, what am I available for in my life, right? What am I available for for relationships with friends and with loved ones and, and kind of going with that idea in mind, I feel like for me, has helped me create, like you said, the boundaries without creating the boundaries almost because I, I, you know, you get so crystal clear on what it is that you desire and what you're available for that anything that isn't that is kind of like a red flag, you know? Right. Yeah. I agree. And it's really important. Like I said, that we're bringing it all into real life. I think that anybody who tells you that, spiritual growth is easy and that they no longer get angry or they no longer uh, feel sad about things because somehow they've transcended these emotions. I would say, I would question that. I mean, question everything, but I would especially question that because we can be in a spiritual journey, but we're still human beings. We are. We still have kids. We still have jobs. We still have businesses. And I think it's more beautiful to be able to bring those things into where you are than to say you've transcended something. Because if you've transcended yeah. something, then really, why are you here? Right. Why, right. Are, why right. are you still around? Something immaculate might have happened that maybe you transcended upwards because you transcended all this earthly stuff. I think that that is impossible. I think yeah. that um, I would question that if somebody is selling that to you, question it. Yes. And run it through your say. truthy bit. You know, yes. run it through your own truthy bits of like, how do I feel about that? Is that 
no, I don't think that, like you were saying, I don't think that works for me. Right. You know, there's too many people do it with religion all the time. Like, oh, there's too many rules there. Or I don't know if I, I believe these things, but I don't believe that. That doesn't have to be an all or none. It's not. Right. Um, we live in a dichotomy of this or this. And yeah. in, the, in practicing growth work, it's not about this or this. It's about this and this. Yes. Yes. I think that's such you know, an important I, differentiation to make is this and that, right? I can be sad and I can be happy about something else, right? I yeah. can believe in that piece of information, but I can also believe this, right? And it's like yeah. so many people, it's like, it, it, it's one side or the other. Like there's no gray, yeah. there's no mixing, there's right. no, and it's like, to me, it's like, no, I can believe in whatever feels true to me. Yeah. Regardless of what it means to you, because, and, and, and that's the other part too, I think is like, there's this, there's been this idea of, well, if your truth isn't my truth, then we can't hang, you know, right. which is to me, it's like, I love the diversity of speaking with somebody who doesn't think exactly like me, because to me, it's like, you know, one of my favorite quotes is change the way you look at things and the things you look at will change by Wayne Dyer. And I've kind of like, that's stuck with me since the beginning of my journey. And yeah. it's like, my perception may be my truth now, but what if I allowed myself to, to be open to other perceptions and what that may look like? And so it, it always brings me back to the, the shape. You know, there's this drawing of a cylinder and you're looking at it from the top and you see a circle. If you're looking at it from the side, you kind of see a rectangle. And so whichever angle you're looking from, what you're seeing is true, but it may not be true to somebody else. And so to be able to converse about our differences and I want people to bring different perceptions to my attention because I don't pretend to know it all you know it's even with the tools that we utilize you know I want people to bring different things into my world because I want to be able to to perceive things in a different way and if my perception remains my truth and that's great but it doesn't mean that I can't agree about something else or you know have conversations that are meaningful without agreeing on something you know yeah, because I, and I, to add to that, I would say that when people are not willing and open to that, I think it's about fear, about fear about losing their idea of what is working for them. So that, you know, every, the only thing that's permanent is change. And so when you can be open, it doesn't mean that every conversation you have, you're going to flip on a dime and go here and flip on a dime and go there. It just means that you're open to the idea and that if it does resonate for you, you're not going to push it away saying, no, 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 I can't do that. You know, and I think we need more leaders in the world like that to say, yes. this is my truth now. It doesn't, it's not a capital T, but this is my truth right now in this moment. And yeah. I have the right to change what my truth is. If at any point in my journey, I feel that it does not align with me. And when you can keep yourself open to different modalities or different ideas and different ways of thinking, you can um, you can broaden your you you can broaden your sense of self. Yes, and that is that is true growth. Yeah, you know, not being afraid. And I think that we need a lot more leaders um, around in every facet of life. Like yes, you know, social media, uh, you know, political people, doctors. Uh, lawyers, everybody, like we need more leaders um, that are able to do that, that are able to say, here's my truth. Oh, you have some truths? Let me hear what they are. Let's right. talk about that. 
and then I'll, and then check and say, Oh, okay. Cause, and that can change in any moment that can right. change your style of leadership too. And those yes. are the best leaders that can direct and change their leadership and be open and vulnerable and willing yes. to be at fault, mm-hmm. to have maybe to be made wrong. the wrong decision. Yeah. To make the wrong decision and say, Ooh, Oh God. I'm, and then say, oh, I'm sorry. I yes. didn't know what I didn't know then. Yes. Those are the kinds of things that are so important. Yes. Yes. I just did that. And that's just something to me. It's like my truth isn't the ultimate truth. And I'm not going to be, you know, to have a conversation to say my truth is the only truth is so wrong or, you know, there's no right or wrong, but it's not aligned. Let's put it that way. Um, But yeah, to see, to see how I think more and more people are getting to this space where they're open to different perceptions, but it's still, it's still challenging when you see people who aren't open. It's kind of like, nope, this is, this is what I see. And this is what I believe and nothing else, nothing else is true because I'm not willing to go there. I'm not willing to be wrong. I'm not willing to say, oh, well, my truth was true until like you said, you know, something different. And then when you know something different then you do different and you, you know. So I right. think that's, that's being rigid. I, you know, yes. I would, if you want to get away from the words of right or wrong, that's just being rigid, being yes. rigid in your yes. ways and having not, not having flow there, you yes. know? And I think when people hear the word vulnerability, they think of somebody who's a sobbing mess and emotionally unstable on the side. Yes. And um, in my personal growth, I found that that is not true. Vulnerability is the willingness to, Say that you feel like you made a mistake um, or to be open to other people's ideas. That's the vulnerability piece there. Not that you're a sobbing mess and emotionally unstable on the side. I think that that's a stigma when you talk about vulnerability, but that's, I've come to know a different definition of vulnerability. Yes. And again, there's my truth changed, right? Before mm-hmm. I was like, I can't be vulnerable. People don't want to know somebody who's like an emotional mess and has things going wrong in their life. And they're talking about spiritual stuff. Like how could that? No, I don't want to be vulnerable. No, I actually, I do want to be vulnerable. I want to say that I've experienced this and I'm still experiencing this. And I still have these tools that I'm working every day that make it so much better for me. That's, that's being vulnerable. Yes. Yes. I think our capacity to shift, like you said, directions Right. The moment our truth changes to be able to say, I can go with this, like allowing that flow of change, because I think that's the other thing where change is uncomfortable and growth is even more uncomfortable, you know? And so to be able to recognize that who I was isn't who I am and how I operate isn't how I operated and how I operate in two months from now probably be different again, because it's like this ever learning journey you know we, we learn something new yeah. and then you, you put it into practice and I think that's the beautiful part of it too like you said is being vulnerable and saying this worked but it no longer works and being willing to try something different and say okay well maybe what I thought was the ultimate way isn't quite that so let me try this you know this new thing or this new way or, or this new train of thought or in growing yeah. with that and allowing yourself to mess up because I think that's the other thing you know, allowing ourselves to mess up is like this horrible thing because we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to fail. We don't want to, you know, and it's like, well, I don't fail unless I don't get back up. You know, I think you're, we're always learning. And in that failure, there's going to be sadness. There's going to be hurt. There's going to be, you know, but beyond that, 
I can't fail if I don't allow myself to fail. And I think a lot of people aren't willing to go there. I think a lot of people are going to stick to this is how it is. And this is how it'll remain because what if. Right. Right. And I think too, um, exploring your own feelings when you're doing that. So a lot of people might feel guilt or shame, which are really two different emotions. Um, if they, if they fail, if they're seeing something as a failure versus they're seeing something as an opportunity for a shift because they feel guilty or they feel shame or they feel let down. So when you can broaden, I think your vocabulary around your emotions. Yes. And things don't just make you sad. There's a wide range of emotions yes. that I was could just having this conversation. As, yeah. They could be felt as sad. And if all you know is this makes me sad, then that's the only emotion you'll ever express. But if you can expand that vocabulary on your emotions, the feelings wheel, I talked to another coach the other day and she said she literally had it, the feelings wheel on her refrigerator so that she could help her teenager, which I thought was um, like an amazing, I'm like, Oh my God, why didn't I think of that? So that she could help her talk about her emotions without just lighting a fuse and and then off to her room, slamming the door. And I was like, that's, brilliant so even that she is teaching the vocabulary and so when you can have that it just adds more flow and flex into yes like you were saying i can't fail well why what what emotion does that bring up for you and what does that link to what like what idea is it linked to if you fail where in your life do you feel like you failed the first time ever and what happened around that experience that is building a subconscious belief you probably don't even remember within mm-hmm. you that says I can't fail, which again makes you rigid because yes. it's very finite instead of broadening and expanding your emotions, your thoughts, your, you know, the whole, it goes back to being vulnerable. Yeah. So I yeah. think that, and I think that we need more people to talk about that stuff yes. in the world to make it, that a little bit more of the norm to yeah. put that idea out there for people to play with and say, does this for them to say, does this resonate with me? Let me, I'm kind of skeptical, but let me try it. Yeah. Cause that's all you need is that one opportunity, that one, the opening of a possibility that something yes. could be different. Exactly. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. Cause I know like we were, I was having this conversation with a client the other day and I'm like, you know, a lot of people were angry or sad or were happy. And the thing is, is that being angry is easy, right? You're angry, but digging deeper and saying, well, I'm not really angry. I'm sad or I'm hurt is way more vulnerable and way different than just going to anger because anger is comfortable, right? It's easier than to feel vulnerable. And so that, that wheel of feelings and that vocabulary, I, um, I have a, a deck of cards that are just, I think there's 52 emotions or something like that. And it's like, Wow. You know, you like there are things that you're like, you never you wouldn't think to to think that you're feeling that way because you've been taught, right, that you're you're angry, you're sad, you're happy, you're hurt. But that's kind of like the extent of it. And when you can broaden that and you can be able to put into words what you're feeling and how you're feeling it. And like you said, then you can then backtrack. Okay, where is this coming from? Right. And the first time I believed that wasn't really true. Right. It was true when I was six. But as a 40 year old woman, is that still true? Or can I see a different perception? And to work through that is amazing. And for me, it's like I, you know, 
I kind of talk with my kids about stuff like this and I'm like, they probably won't get it all and that's okay. But the little bits and pieces that they're getting, if they can know at 15 that when they were six, this happened to them, but it wasn't true or it was true then, but it's not now. Like they just kind of, you know, they took that 30 years, you know, shorter, shorter ride than I did. <laughs> yes. We're creating like the speed train of emotions yes. and yes. opening, open thinking. Yeah, yes. for sure. So it's all these little things, that they, but there's so many of these little things that in having these conversations that, that I love because it's, it's a different perspective sometimes or, or something seen in a different way, which, which I always love talking about because I feel like that's how we can really grow and that's how we can really, you know, plant a seed for whoever's listening because it may not resonate in this moment, but something may happen that'll trigger the memory of hearing the tools or, you know, the vocabulary about the emotions or, or whatever it is. Um, and yeah. that to me is, is huge. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm so glad that we have this conversation today. Yes, yes I am too. Um, so we, these conversations are just kind of go with the flow is what we're, basically what we did. Um, but I'd love for you to just tell the audience where they can find you, maybe different packages that you have going right now, how you help your clients. Um, yeah. How they can contact you. Sure. Yeah. I'm actually um, building and finating a package that is, I'm naming taking the crisis out of midlife and finding yourself, finding yourself again, realigning with yourself. Um, and so that will be available the end of January as a coaching package and program that will be available to them. Um, and that would be on mastermind.com. And then anybody who wants to continue a conversation with me can always go to the number four spiritedhealth.com. Uh, and there I have available all the different types of yoga. I do different types of coaching, different types of energy work. Um, including uh, shamanic energy practice, uh, just energy balancing for pain and body relief, as well as private yoga, uh, yoga classes that are in my area, which is Connecticut, and also the transpersonal coaching and the holistic life coaching. So those are the different things that I offer, and I'm happy to have conversations with anybody to find out if it's workable for them and to see if there's, you know, there's a match. I don't just, I'm not one of those coaches that just says, okay, and, and here's how it goes. It's like, we'll have the conversation. What are you looking for? How can I help you? Does that feel like that would help you? Okay, great. And then we go from there. Yes, I love that. I love that. Um, I'll also be posting the links that you just shared um, with the audience. And again, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me today. It was amazing chatting with you and kind of getting your your truth and learning more about what you do and, and your perception has been really interesting and fun. Oh, thank you. So I'm here. I'm so glad that we got to talk. It's been a long time. It was good to see your face, but thank you. Yes. Thanks for reaching yes. out. Well, thank you. And uh, thank you to everybody who's listening and um, we'll talk to you on the next episode. We thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Solistic Vibes podcast. If you enjoy these types of conversations, don't forget to subscribe. We certainly hope that you learned something today and that you too will continue these conscious conversations with those in your world.